Hi, welcome to Modern Animism Radio. Thanks, y'all, for being here. I'm Laura Giles, your host. And I can't believe that I've never talked about spirit attachments. I think that is a really important piece of animism. And if this is like wacky town to you, that's totally okay. You can skip this one or maybe just listen in and see what I have to say about that. (laughs) And also... As always, you can um, share your experiences with spirit attachment or your beliefs about it if you think it's totally crazy. But before we get to that, let's pause to give gratitude to the elements and the ancestors. Acknowledge and thank the beautiful, sensuous earth for our home, food, stability, the ability to stick to things, our bodies, and all the physical things that delight our senses and make life worthwhile. Thank you for stability and grounding that is so important in times like these. I acknowledge and thank the air for our ideas, creativity, discernment, the ability to communicate, poetry, innovation, carrying the whispers from the other world, and the breath that keeps us alive. Thank you for the discernment that can keep us from being drawn into the crazy energy that can happen around us. I acknowledge and thank fire for warmth, life, purification, desire, and the ability to end things whose time has come. Thank you for the fire that purifies and destroys things whose time has come and gone. Acknowledge and thank water for reminding us to flow so we don't get stuck, for taking us to deep places so we continue to empty and grow, and for our emotions that act as a guide throughout life. Acknowledge and thank the plant, animal, human, mineral, ancestors for all that you do that is seen and unseen. I know that you... Send us messages and help us and blessings and direction all the time. And maybe it just flies underneath the radar. And we're not quite sure that it's you, but thank you anyway. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in and giving us support. If you enjoyed today's broadcast or if any of our work inspires or teaches you anything, please return the love by reviewing us on iTunes. You can also send money. We take donations. <laughs> We're a listener-sponsored church who is supported by donations. So without you, there is no us. So go on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash pan society and share the love. Another thing that you can do to support is we are super, super close on YouTube to being monetized, which will help us because um, we have no budget. So if you... Uh, Watch us on YouTube. The podcast does post on YouTube as well. Or there's tons of content over there if you're new to Pan Society. We have lots and lots of things posted there about all different aspects of animism, so you can continue to grow over there. So, um, yeah, attachments. So how I found out about spirit attachments is that, for those of you that don't know, I work as a trauma therapist and spiritual coach. And one of the things that I do in that role is past life regression. I can definitely tell you. So I've been in um, past life regression since 1997. been a trauma therapist since 2000. And people are getting sicker just in that little bit of time, 21 years of trauma therapy. It's insane the differences. People are they're more treatment resistant and I don't say that to blame the client. That's just maybe I shouldn't even use that term. But they're they're not responding to things. So the food in our in America is just garbage. It creates inflammation, it creates illness. We gotta do something about the food, y'all. If you're not eating organic, if you're not growing your own food, I would 
yeah, leave the processed stuff out is definitely taking a toll. All the drugs that don't help, you know, they give you drugs and drugs and drugs and drugs and more drugs. Me dealing with all those side effects, that's definitely part of the problem. And so to to meet this um, population that's getting sicker and sicker and more treatment resistant, I've just gotten more training, more training, more training, more training. Okay, well, this works, but well, that works. Now, the thing you're supposed to do is refer, but there's nobody to refer to. So it's like, okay, well, they've already done everything else before they even get to me. So, and I like growing. I like learning. I, I like a challenge. So the training is, is super cool. And, and one of the things that I've come back to is, you know, we also have spiritual illnesses. And in the mainstream society, we don't look at that. It's all about, oh, the brain chemistry, you need drugs. Well, you know, the body doesn't function with drugs. That's not a, an essential element. It's not like we have a drug um, uh, deficit. <laughs> so all we need is more drugs. We need balance. We need a healthy lifestyle. So all of these things that help us to be fully functioning human beings, we need all of that. And then we need to look at the spiritual stuff. And, and so what I was seeing in past life regression, um, so in in a straightforward one, when people come for past life regression, usually they come for two things. One is, is I'm curious, and um, in which case then they can get any past life and, and that's fine. Uh, or another thing that happens is they're having a problem. And so what we do is regress to cause. So what that means is that we're looking for where did the pattern begin. And it could be something as simple as I'm stubborn or something as simple as uh, I have a fear of water let's say. Or it could be something that's just like debilitating, like I can never find love. Or I always attract the the mean guy. You know, what is that about? The abuser, the one who's going to kill me. So what I was seeing in this regress to cost thing is that when we go back to look for the root of the problem, there will but sometimes be things where, uh, let's say that the, it started in 1950. And they were in their 20s, but the actual client was only a baby then. So we got a we got a mismatch here. What's going on? So my initial thought about that was, okay, parallel lives, maybe time's not linear, and so there's some overlap. And don't because I'm like, you know, don't get bogged down in the minutia. I, I think we can have parallel lives. There's I saw a story on um, Coast to Coast Radio once about they were several people who remember their lives as Anne Boleyn. I think that's possible. Maybe it's, you know, there's a body that goes through that and then the personality is different because the way that they interpret, they all have the same events, but the way that they interpret the events were totally different. So the emotional response to the events was different. I'm open to that. You know, if that's your reality, that's your reality. So I don't think you're crazy because you have a different type of reality. So all that's to say is that I'm open-minded, and I didn't really think about it too much. You know, maybe it's parallel lives, but in this whole training and learning thing, I came across all this research about um, spirit attachments, and then one, one, it just hit me in the face. So I had a client, and I've shared this story before, who it was a situation of I can never find love. And we went back to cause. And what happened was, it doesn't even have anything to do with love, actually. What happened was that she, I don't remember the details, but she came across this scene. The village was burned. You know, there's always some stragglers who survived. And she met, I think it was two kids. One was dying, 
and died right away. And then the other one she nursed for a while. And then, you know, it was like, oh, hang on there, little girl. You know, you're going to make it, that kind of thing. I'm never going to leave you. And we need to be careful about stuff like that because those become soul contracts. So what happened was the girl died and that never going to leave you and um, created a soul contract where they were bound together. So the little girl attached to her and she stayed with her from lifetime to lifetime um, without going into the light. The problem with that was the little girl wanted her all to herself. So she would create problems that made it so that men were not attracted to, to the client and men wouldn't stay. So once we got rid of that attachment, of course, all of that went away. So this is the kind of thing that can happen um, when you have a spirit attachment. That crossing over is super, super important. And if you don't have some sort of spiritual practice, if you don't have some sort of social rituals to make that happen, if you're not doing rituals for clearing um, the lifetime so that these so what you're carrying, it's not like uh, death is a a magic bullet that just wipes everything clean. It's like, oh, okay, okay, you forget about this. Start over at zero, you know, you're, you're passing go and you're all new again. It's not that. It's kind of like when the wheel of life turns and you go around and it's spring again and it's time for rebirth. If you haven't done the growth during that time, then you start over at zero carrying the same baggage that you had before. So what's going to happen is you're just going to keep going around the wheel with the same stinking baggage. So you might have a new relationship, but it's the same relationship, the same problem. Same thing in life. When you die, you're just going to have the same crap because, you know, you, it, it doesn't get resolved. And um, if if you attach to somebody with those problems, then those problems now become the host problems. So we want to die clean. We want to die fully. If you look at the Buddhist traditions, they have lots and lots of rituals around dying. It doesn't happen just um, as the dying's happening, during the three or whatever days uh, that we have the wake and, and all of that. It, it, it happens at those times, but it also happens for many days afterwards. Lots of animist traditions is the same because we want to make sure that those souls totally cross over and they get clean, and we're not doing that in this society. So, yeah, we need to die clean, guys, um, because it's energy, and energy doesn't die. It's only transformed. If we do the purification stuff, which we're not doing anyway. Um, so let's talk about the different types of spirit attachments. So there are fragments of the living, these are usually living people who don't have good boundaries. So these these are not what I've been talking about. This, these are not things that have crossed over. This is like your mom who, who lives next door. And with these types of uh, attachments, the person usually means well. They're there because they love you. But they send like shards or, or fragments of themselves out to the target that basically impose their personality or their way of thinking about a specific thing usually, it's not general, over the target, and it makes it hard for them to act as a sovereign being. And it, usually this is unintentional, so it's not like I'm trying to control you. It's just, And usually it's the mom or a lover or an ex-lover. It's like when you hear that little voice in the back of your head saying, don't do that, or you're a whore, or whatever it is, that judgmental 
kind of controlling little thing, that could be a fragment of the living. So the oppressor can be like a helicopter mom um, who's always hovering over their kids out of concern. It could be obsessive lovers, exes, or anybody who wants to control you. And when someone is acting out of the, the values of someone else, you know, I will ask whose voice is that and where is that voice located. And that's an easy way to identify the spirit attachment fragment. So soul fragments of the living might be loving or they might be negative. But even when they're loving, they shouldn't be there because it interferes with your sovereignty. So another type of um, soul attachment or spirit attachment is lost souls. And these are those that either don't know that they're dead or those who don't know where to go after dying because they didn't have any kind of spiritual practice. There wasn't a funeral. There wasn't a social ritual kind of thing. So, for example, a, a baby may die in a hospital, and she hears another baby crying and goes to investigate and finds herself inside of the living baby's body and doesn't know how to get out. That's really, really, really common if you look at the literature. And when people, when you're doing a regression, you get the story. And and they'll just tell you, well, how did you get there? Oh, I, I wandered over to a sound and I couldn't get out. Or, you know, however it happens. Um, when somebody dies in an accident, like a traffic accident, and then people come to help, they um, might find themselves inside somebody who came to help. Or, or an EMT, um, an aborted baby may also be among the lost if they don't know what's going on. So anytime there's drugs involved in a death, that can create confusion, so like in hospital settings or, or just like, hey, I don't know what's going on because your mind is kind of clouded when it's all happening. So that's, that's I won't say that that's always a situation in an attachment and that's a thing that can, can make somebody wander, but you see that a lot too. Uh, another type of attachment is a beloved friend or relative. So these are going to be earthbound. So these are dead people that we love. And we either can't let go of them or they can't let go of us. So the grief forms an attachment that keeps the deceased with us. And this can go on lifetime to lifetime. Uh, for example, and I've told this story before too, but I had a client who loved her mother-in-law dearly. She just was like, I don't know how I can get along without her. And um, she didn't want to let go of her because she just loved her so much. And it was starting to get not sweet. And this was a loving relationship. They both cared for each other, but the energy of the dead does not belong here. And like I said before, it interferes with sovereignty, so it's not really something that you want to happen. And these two did separate. Mother-in-law did go to the light, and it improved my client's uh, mental health tremendously. She was, it was like night and day. It was like she couldn't, she couldn't do anything. She didn't want to work anymore. She couldn't clean. It's just not because her mother-in-law was that way. It was because the energy was heavy. It was just too hard to carry. And it was keeping the grief from moving. So without it, she was just a much healthier person. Another type of earthbound is the addicted dead. So people with addictions, and these are any type of addictions. It could be gambling, food, sex, as well as drugs. Um, they might not want to move on because they're attached to their drug of choice. And um, you need a body to get that rush of pleasure, of sensual things. So you, you can't do it without a body. So that uh, entity will find a host to fulfill that craving. And it, it's really important to think of it as a host because these are parasitic. They can't do anything without a body. They can't do anything without you. And I know that there's sometimes mutually beneficial parasites, 
this doesn't tend to be the case. So even when I have heard of a, a attachment that had like great musical ability or great artistic ability and the attachment makes you, so they create their art or their music or their whatever they do through you. And this is abilities that you don't have on your own. So sometimes people want to keep that. But even when it's something like that, so it's your choice. You can do whatever you want, but you're not going to be sovereign. So I want to let that go. So back to the addiction. Sorry, I got sidetracked. <laughs> um, yeah, so if it's an addiction, the the parasite, I'll call it a parasite, is going to use you to fulfill that craving. So it might make you have food issues or, or gambling issues or sex issues. Um, and, and these types of spirits hang out in places where you would expect, so bars, crack houses, casinos, uh, hospitals, places where the drug of choice is found, and this makes these types of places high risk for the living. Um, there are also dark force entities. That's really not what I would call them, but that's kind of what it's known as, and um, I don't have a better term. So I'm going to call them dark force entities, and these are beings, so like they're, they're the opposite of angels. These are beings who have never incarnated into a physical body and they are here to wreak havoc. They give you pain, disease, nightmares, suicidal thoughts, impulsive thoughts, and make our lives and the lives of other people horrible. Their purpose is completely mischief. And I have read that anybody who is a sexual predator has a dark force entity. I've read that anybody who is a narcissist has dark force entities. This makes sense to me because I, you know, maybe this is my own rationalization, so I'm not saying you have to believe this. There's no science behind this. But the way that I, I feel like humans are good and we're the light, and when, when that is not the case, then there's some kind of oppression going on. Because you can always find a light inside. You can always find a kernel of good inside. And when that can't shine, there's got to be some sort of, in my my experience, there's got to be some sort of interference. So um, another type of uh, spirit attachment is ETs, so extraterrestrials. And there's many types of life forms. We're certainly not the only ones. Um, if you look into the other world, so everything that's not the apparent world, so everything that we can't see, hear, taste, touch, smell, is other world. And there's many realms. And there's many life forms. There's parallel universes. There's all kind of things. So it might not be ETs. It could be mythical creatures or energy beings, light beings, angels. It could be any of the gods. Um, but anything that's not a person or a dark force entity or an angel, I'm calling not ETs. They're not all ETs, I guess, but <laughs> otherworldly type things. Um, you don't need to know what type of spirit attachment you have to get spirit release network. Um, but but kind of knowing gives you a place to start with how am I going to get rid of this thing. So really that's, that's the reason why you would want to know types or just because you're curious. In order for any spirit to become attached, there has to be an opening or an opportunity, and the opening is a weakness in the RX field. That can happen any time our etheric body is vulnerable to things like due to things like illness, shock, high emotion, drugs, alcohol, meditation, even sex. 
sex is, you know, it's supposed to be sacred and beautiful and, and not supposed to, but it often is sacred and beautiful and something that we share, but it opens you. And for this reason, especially for women, you need to be careful about who you choose to have sex with because things like spirit attachment can happen. Um, it can even happen in ceremony. So because you're open and you're vulnerable. And, and this is why I say it's really super important to know who your, your facilitator is, to know who you, the people in your group are, and to know that the ceremony that you are involved in is safe. So you want to know that your facilitator can handle whatever is going on in that group. And if you're having a public ceremony, you don't want to do anything that is particularly uh, risky. So just some things to think about. We have talked about these before. Just kind of want to reiterate. Um, but ecstasy makes you just as open as rage. And weakness can also happen due to unhealthy boundaries or mental illness. So if you're if you have a mental illness, if this is something that you're struggling with, I would absolutely recommend starting with a spirit um, spirit attachment work because the statistics now say that seventy percent of us have spirit attachments. Uh, sorry, eighty percent of us have spirit attachments, and seventy percent of those um, are. Let me think. How many? Which one? Yeah, 80% have spirit attachments and 80%, well, I'm getting so confused. 80% have spirit attachments, 70% of us have, have dark, dark um, force entities. And that may be like, wow, you know, we're all possessed. No, that's not what I'm saying. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got something dark like Amityville horror going on and your head's going to be spinning around. But if you have compulsions, depression, heaviness, stuff like that, that, that doesn't respond to treatment very well, that could be a dark force entity. And so there's degrees of darkness. Um, so don't get alarmed by that. But, but yeah, if you struggle with mental health issues, I would totally say start your treatment with a spirit, um, spirit attachment work. So spirit attachment happens when a living person is open to that attachment and is in proximity to a discarnate spirit, or maybe you call it in. I hear a lot of things about young people who grew up with Harry Potter and all that who are totally open to magic, and they just like, well, let's just call in this and let's call in that. That's really dangerous <laughs> because you don't know what you're doing. You don't have any protection, and you could be – I think that's how a lot of these things happen, quite honestly, because the stories that I hear from young people are just kind of crazy. It's like, wow, you did that? Really? Oh, it's no big deal. And I don't know. They just don't give it the proper respect. So I wouldn't do that. Um, when somebody dies, be sure to participate in funeral rituals. This gives you and them time to accept that they're dead, and you can say what you want to say to them and begin to close that door for both of you. So when I was talking about the the – um, spirit contracts and romantic notions like I'll always be here for you, I'll wait around for you, you're gonna, I'm going to love you forever, those types of things might sound sweet, and, but it may result in more than you bargained for. Keep it clean. If you want to love somebody in the next life, then pick it up again. Don't, don't create these things because they can be ugly. They can create um, nastiness and trouble. So always purify, always letting go, always Stay sovereign. Always keep it clean and make everything about choice and not about obligation. A soul contract is a contract. 
you're going to do this, I'm going to do that. And, and dabbling in the spirit world, playing with the Ouija board, channeling, evoking spirits, engaging in plant medicine, going to haunted houses, having seances, practicing mediumship without qualified guidance. So none of these things are necessarily bad, but if you don't know what you're doing, it could lead to unintended consequences. And I'm not into playing the fear card. I don't believe in that. Um, and, I, you know, and I don't believe in judging either, so it's not about that. But it could turn a perfectly harmless situation into something really, really bad under the wrong circumstances. It's risky because it invites spirits in and you may not have no control over what shows up or what happens next. So attachment is often accidental. The discarnate spirit doesn't plan on being inside and staying there, but once they get in, they can't find their way out again. Um, harmful spirits are more likely to be encountered in some places versus others. So hospitals, bars, casinos, funerals, haunted battlefields, haunted houses, or anywhere where there's high emotion are high-risk places for picking up hitchhikers. And you hear me talk about going to haunted battlefields and doing cleansing work and stuff. So, again, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying be aware of what you're getting into. And and if you don't have energy body awareness, if you don't have good boundaries, if you have mental health issues, probably best to stay away from that. Um, that said, there's many ways to dislodge them. Um, so I do advise getting help. Actually, I don't, I don't, even if you don't have those problems, because the statistic is so high, 70, 80%. I would just get it done anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because it's probably you. I can tell you with my own. So um, I do spirit uh, release, and I get it from other people as well on a regular basis. Same reason why we do purification, because you never know what you're picking up. It's like, you know, walking outside, you pick up something on the bottom of your shoe. Usually it's not gum, something sticks to you, but sometimes it is, and you need to just wipe it off. And sometimes, a lot of times actually, people think that it's, oh, it's my spirit guide, it's not your spirit guide, sweetie, because a lot of times they will masquerade like something sweet and, you know, beneficial and things like that, and those are the ones to be wary of because if some if the spirit is seducing you, trying to give you things and trying to make you dependent, those are the ones to look out for because you can best believe that they don't have your your best interests at heart. So I would be real careful. So here's, here's a tip, okay? Um, if you think you, you're talking to your spirit guide, then what you need to do is have a code word or a symbol or something that you know that it's him or her. And you want to test everything that they say before you believe anything. Always test, 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 test. It's like meeting a person. You know, you're not just going to trust a person because they say, oh, I'm really good. I'm here for your best good. Mm -mm. You're going to, I hope, I hope you put them through the ringer and make sure that you know what you're dealing with. So, and once you have established that trust and you have a symbol and you have a way, a set way that you do it to contact them every single time, then and only then would I trust that that is your spirit guide. Okay. So here are some signs that you have a spirit attachment. These are not the only signs. Might not be might be something different for you, but if you have like, ooh, yes, 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 then you might think about getting some work done. So the first one is uh, not feeling like yourself. So we say this in our everyday language. So things like ever since blah, 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 things haven't been the same. 
and that could be an illness, an accident, a breakup, one day when you got intoxicated. It could be something fairly mundane, like the day you went on a road trip. So it doesn't have to be anything that was particularly eventful, but there's just a switch, a before and an after. Um, And we say things like, oh, I was not myself. Maybe you really weren't. Uh, another uh, tipple is being uncharacteristically indecisive. So if you say things like, part of me wants this, but the other part wants that, and those things are really different, like 180 degrees, it could be because there's more of, than one of you in there that has an opinion. Um, now, this could be dissociative identity disorder. Probably not. That's actually more common than people think. It's like, oh, you know, Sybil is so rare. That type where it's that blatant is rare, but Dissociative identity disorder is really not rare, um, as I know from working in trauma. <laughs> um, but in some cases, that is, it's, it's spirit attachment and not other personalities. Some physical symptoms is chronic fatigue, um, headaches, nausea, weird aches and pains that kind of move around, stomach aches, always cold, allergies, uh, always searching for an illness, so hypochondria. Uh, bruises and scratches that come from nowhere. So there could be legitimate reasons for physical symptoms, so you always want to rule out medical causes before jumping to conclusions because sometimes uh, mental health illnesses have physical causes, sometimes physical illnesses have mental health causes, or they can have spiritual causes. So you want to check all your bases. So I'm not trying to alarm anybody. I'm just trying to inform people, okay? So another clue is mental health issues, so anxiety, depression, hearing voices is particularly hearing voices. Um, mood swings, another strong one. Strong negative emotions, intrusive thoughts, feeling detached, phobias, suicidal thoughts, negative self-talk, uh, impulses to steal or to attack others or do other impulsive harmful things to yourself or others is is another clue that th- we've got some dark stuff happening. Usually those are not earthbound. Or they could be earthbounds who were not just very pleasant in life. Uh, another clue is addictions or cravings. So as I said, spirits who die with addiction issues need a host to continue getting high or getting whatever that is that they, they loved. So when you're drinking and using drugs, you're more vulnerable to attachments, um, especially if your drug or alcohol use is out of control. But it doesn't even have to be about that. It could just be, you know, one time. It happens People do something once and it, it proves fatal. So it, it could be just you're just a lucky day. Um, could also be that this was one thing that I found really interesting, that recipients of organ transplants often report cravings that belong to the person that they received the organ from. So this is a red flag for a spirit fragment. It's probably not a full-on uh, attachment, but it could be a fragment of them that went with that organ. Lots and lots of literature on that. So if you are an organ uh, recipient, you might want to check that out. Focus and concentration issues, really common. Lots of people, I I think every client that I see says, I think I have ADD. Um, So (laughs) if you think you have brain fog, you feel like you have brain fog or ADD, it could be because your thoughts are competing with others in your head to be heard and your brain is overstimulated. could be also a trauma. ADD is certainly related to trauma, but trauma is also related to spirit attachment. So kind of a vicious circle. Um, tingling or buzzing or internal sensations. Uh, unfortunately, this is often written off as part of a spiritual awakening that begins after meditation or participation in group 
ceremonies. But as I said, anything that opens you up and leaves you vulnerable to spirit attachment could be a doorway in. So you want to be careful who you do ceremonies with. Everybody and everyone is, or everything and everyone is not safe. Um, and you also want to do regular purification rituals for this reason. Um, psychic sensations are knowing. So these are things like feeling like you're being watched, being touched while you're sleeping, sensing things moving out of the corner of your eye, feeling uh, a depression on the bed, like, oh, there's a cat on the bed, even though you don't have one, or it feels like a person sat down, something like that. Those are clues that there might be some spirit attachment going on. Of course, it could be poltergeist activity or something like that, too. So none of these by themselves say, oh, you have a spirit attached to you. So these are just kind of like, um, mm, let me think about that. Um, another one is preoccupation with sex. So this could range from just thinking about it all the time, which I know like pubescent boys do, <laughs> or, or they're rumored to do. I don't know. I'm not a pubescent boy. Um, so you have to look at it in context. But masturbating excessively or full-blown sex addiction, addiction um, multiple casual sex partners increases your risk of attachments because each sex partner may create a soul tie with you, so just be sure you know who you're with. And I would keep it um, to lovemaking versus whips and chains and all of that because all of that creates more opportunity for spirit attachment because there are spirits that like that and they're looking for people who are engaging in that, okay? Do you? Consensual, all that, no judgment, just saying. Um, bisexuality, pansexuality, queer, it could also be another red flag. So most of the LGBTQ community is that way because that's your natural expression. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's pathological. However, in some cases, desiring both sexes or the same-sex partner is due to a spirit attachment. So a woman who is oppressed by a man, may only be interested in other women as long as the spirit attachment is present. So if this is something that's new for you, or let's say you've gone, you know, you've, when, when people, I was going to say, you know, when you grow up, you're six years old and you know you're gay, then you're gay. But that's not actually true because I've seen people who, as, who've been gay all their life be like, oh, you know, they, they get some work done and now they're not. So, but, but if you, you know, you're 30, 40, 50, 60, and now you're switching, I would definitely get some spirit work done before you start taking hormones or consider a change. Um, it's just, you know, why not? It's, it's an easy rule out. Um, suicidal thoughts are often created by spirit attachment. So these are maybe suicidal, suicide um, earthbound. So they're carrying their suicidal thoughts to you. Or they could be dark force entities, which are just self-destructive. So if you're having suicidal thoughts, definitely check out a spirit um, spirit work. If you have sleep issues, I know who doesn't have sleep issues. Lots of people, right? Uh, but insomnia and nightmares can be signs of spirit attachment. They don't need to sleep, so they don't want you to sleep either. <laughs> they want to use your body and, and do things, so they're going to keep you up. Um, if you feel like no matter where you live, your house is haunted, that's a big red flag. It's probably not the house, but you. Just say. Eating disorders, kind of talked about that before with the uh, addictions. But spirits who died hunger, from hunger may need to eat compulsively. And spirits who deny themselves food because food was pleasurable could have uh, issues with food restriction. 
So those who died with food addictions may cause you to overeat or eat the wrong things. So all spirit attachments, as I said, are not malicious, but their presence is not beneficial for you or them because of the sovereignty thing. It's The rule is one soul, one body. And think about this. We've gone for thousands of years, at least here in the West, without rituals to help people cleanse, to get to the other side, to heal the spirit. And so where did all of those spirits uh, go? If they're hanging around in, in between, they want to host. Or they don't know how to get to the other side, and maybe they just accidentally get trapped. So it's not a bad thing. When you get spirit attachment work, you're helping resolve all of that issue for other people. Even if they didn't, you don't have a soul attachment to them or, you know, you don't know who they were. It, it helps. It helps you. It helps them. So if you if it's something that you can do, I would say do it. So hope that was helpful. That's all I've got for this week. Love to hear your stories about it, your experiences. Um, and if you're serious about learning about animism from the inside out, we're here for you. We're at pansociety.org. You can join our experiential animism class or our private Facebook group if you're not ready for that yet. And, of course, we have a YouTube channel as well. Hope to see you over there. Until next week, ciao, guys. Bye. Thank you.